Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all? To feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put down the Ben and Jerry's, get off the couch, and take a walk outside. If you experience any of these symptoms, tell your Facebook friends immediately. All right, welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm Allison Melody, and today is a really, really heartfelt episode for me. Um... I recorded it right before I left North Carolina to head to Nashville, where I am now, and it's actually with one of my closest, dearest friends. We met in college. Her name is Angie Fanning, and you probably know what I'm talking about. Do you remember the moment or maybe the time period where you started waking up, where you started realizing that everything you thought you knew about health wasn't necessarily true. When you started realizing that there were alternative cures that you had never heard of, that doctors weren't talking about, that green juice healed, that nutrition mattered, right? You probably are either on that journey right now as you're listening to the show, or you've had that aha wake-up call and you just listened to the show for validation. I don't care. But Angie and I were fortunate enough to have our awakenings at the same time. And it's hard because that awakening, you know, it can be lonely when people around you don't understand. And unfortunately, our awakening came due to sad circumstances because both of us had sick parents and we started on this like more holistic journey together. And while everyone else might have thought we were a little crazy because we were balking at the traditional Western medicine practices and drugs, and instead we were looking into supplements, nutrition, homeopathy, energy healing. And thank God we had each other because we were the ones supporting one another when green juice was not cool. Veganism was not a thing. It was not buzzworthy. Yoga was only for hippies. Like, I'm kidding, sort of, but you know what I mean. Um, So I'm excited to introduce you to one of my besties, Angie Fanning. She's a travel agent, so we talk a lot about how the pandemic affected her business and how she's overcoming that. Really interesting conversation. How we got to travel together to Jamaica uh, during COVID, one of the first trips I took. I think the first trip I took when we were allowed to travel again. And um, we take it all the way back to college, and we talk about our stories of trying to save our parents and basically how it set us both on the path to wellness. So it may not be a traditional episode, but I really, really had fun. We got to do it in person, which is always great. So I really hope you enjoy it. Roll it, Roxy. The Food Hills Podcast starts now. 
All right. She is a luxury travel designer, owner, and founder of Awaybug Travel and My College Bestie. Please welcome Angie Fanning to the show. Oh, I'm so excited to be here, Allie. Yeah. Thanks for coming in. We are in this beautiful co-working space in Wilmington, North Carolina, where we went to college together. I know. We're actually in person. I know. I never thought we'd actually podcast in person. This well, is been, amazing. It's been so long since I've been able to be in person as much because I don't have the studio in LA anymore. And then the p- pandemic was like, no one can come over to your house. So it was like... But it's way better in person. It's so much more fun. It is. It is. Yes. So thank you for being here. And um, okay, so Food Heals Nation, Angie is my holistic bestie. We came to our holistic realizations at the same time. We were leading these crazy parallel lives. We're going to talk about that. But first, Angie, tell me about your business um, and how did you get started with the Waybug? Because I think like travel is so interesting right now because we're post-pandemic, but not quite, not really, you know, it's just an interesting time. And I know it's been rough for people in the travel industry and people who want to travel as well. <laughs> yes, it's definitely been an interesting time to to work in the travel industry um, and actually traveled quite a bit in 2020 and into 2021, considering we were in a pandemic. But <laughs> Well, we went to Jamaica. <laughs> we went to Jamaica. I actually went to Jamaica, Mexico, and Costa Rica. I've never been put more hand sanitizer than I was in the Jamaican airport where we had to wait in line to take a health test. This was like at the beginning of COVID when we were first allowed to travel. And we had, I mean, I smelled like hand sanitizer for a week. <laughs> well, I felt like you would take like two steps and they'd like squirt your hands. Yes. And then you'd finally get it rubbed in and you'd take like two more steps and they'd squirt your hands again. Yes. And you're like, okay, I did. I, I don't need any more. I'm yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome, though. So we got to go to Jamaica and check out a couple of resorts um, because they were like, Jamaica's like, we're bringing travel back. We locked down. We have no COVID. Y'all come back. So we went. It was awesome. Yeah, it was good. And I felt like, you know, being a travel advisor was really important for me to experience what it was like to travel during the pandemic so that when my clients had questions about entry requirements and what about this and what about that? I could actually speak from a firsthand experience. Yeah. And they were changing every single day, it felt like. And and different countries had different rules and it was so confusing. So thank God we have people like you to keep up with it because Angie would be posting articles and like the only reason I would know what was going on in the travel industry was because of you. Yes, my job definitely got more complicated. (laughs) But you're working harder and making no money. (laughs) I know, I know. But you know, it's also given you know, people like me a lot more value is people are starting to realize how important it is to work with a travel advisor and have that advocate and have that person, that real life person, not just some like internet person um, yeah. that you can call up and ask questions and know that you're getting firsthand experience. Well, literally <laughs> at lunch, um, Angie has now convinced me to get travel insurance. She didn't even try. She was just like, I recommend it to everyone. I'm like, I'm going back to Tulum. Um, I fell off a bike last time I was there. Um, I mean, people at <laughs> a Mexican hospital sprayed down with like sand sanitizer all over my body. They wouldn't let me in the hospital. It's the whole thing. Oh my God. You're so lucky, honestly. <laughs> like, and I was saying, I was saying to you at lunch, like I, I think maybe because I work in the industry, so I hear like the horror stories all the time from like other travel agents and yeah. stuff about all the things that could happen while traveling. It does make you like realize the importance of insurance because people don't realize like if something like really serious happens and you need to be airlifted back to a U.S. hospital, you could end up with like a hundred thousand dollar bill, and your insurance in the U.S. does not cover that. Oh, Most plans in the U.S. have a clause that say like not applicable outside of the country. Oh my God. So a couple hundred bucks in insurance to uh, to cover a $100,000 medical bill is definitely worth it. Okay, sign me up. Yeah, because, well, when you and I went to um, 
where'd we go, Riviera Maya, you made all of us get travel insurance. It was like non-negotiable. And luckily none of us had to use it, but... I had to use it the next time when I didn't have the travel insurance. I know, insurance. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. It's one of those things, it's like, if you have it and you don't use it, you know, but if you don't have it and you need it, it you're like, oh, why didn't I do it? I don't okay, know. she's got me. She's got me convinced food station. Okay, yeah. so, <laughs> okay, so Angie and I met in college. We were actually in the dorms together. We were, and I wasn't holistic at all. No, me I either. Ate <laughs> oh my god, me too. I still love Wendy's burgers. I I literally cringe every time I drive past a Wendy's now because oh. I think about college and eating that crap. Yeah, and there was a Taco Bell across the street, a oh. Wendy's next door, a Hardee's next door. Like it was so bad, so bad. Swenson's with all the ice cream too where both of our dorm mates works like it was we had no idea yeah I had no idea about health and so we went to um well we were in the film I was in the film program you're in the acting program and then we had some of the same teachers and then I would I was a film minor oh so that's why we ended up in a lot of the same classes yeah yeah and then we would I would direct the films and Angie would be the star of the film (laughs) I don't know we did yeah you were the star (laughs) of my Destin film oh yeah that's right oh my gosh it was called Destined it was about destiny how college cheesy is that? Please tell me you don't have any copies of that anywhere. Oh, I definitely do. <laughs> On VHS. It's in my car right now. No, no. It is. My whole life is in my car because I've been moving and doing the Nomad thing. So I have two huge hard drives in the backseat of my car. I hope they don't die of heat damage. Oh, God. Well, if you lose that one. I think I have Actually, backups it would be in the cloud. hilarious to watch that now. I know. It is hilarious. We I should have it. a screening party. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> That'd be so funny. Because there's other ones we made, too. Oh, I know. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway, so we had a blast in college. We had no awareness of health or holistic health. Angie was going to blow Hollywood away with her acting skills. I was going to blow Hollywood away with my filmmaking skills. And then what happened? Our parents got sick. <laughs> Yes, we were so young. And it happened to you first. So my mom passed away in 2004 after suffering from um, multiple sclerosis, which then turned into a cancer diagnosis. So I lost her. And then it was just after college that my dad started getting sick and your dad started getting sick. And that's when we were like, turning into these like holistic investigators. And there wasn't it wasn't like the online YouTube space that there is now for investigating. So I was like finding books at the library. Like, well, but it was different back then in that you could, there wasn't the censorship that you have now. Like as I actually remember Googling, like what causes cancer or something. Mm. And there were actually web pages that came up about the link between cancer and nutrition. Wow. And I remember having my mind blown because I had no idea that it sounds so stupid now to say I it, know. but I had no idea that like what we ate could cause cancer. Like I, I just thought no cancer idea. was something that just like, it was like bad luck, like happened to you. Like that's what the doctor genetic. said. Yeah. Literally like everyone around you just like, Oh, that's a bad luck, man. You got dealt a bad hand. And no the, one talks about nutrition, the no. diet lifestyle. Do you love yourself? Are you angry? <laughs> the more I read, the more I was like, Oh my God, this is my dad. Like, yeah. He wasn't eating, like, fresh, like, vegetables. Like, I grew up in a house with, like, canned green beans. Mm-hmm. That was, like, our vegetable. Yep. Um, maybe a, an iceberg lettuce salad, you know, which has, like, <laughs> no nutrition, smothered in, like, Thousand Island dressing. Right. Um, I knew nothing about nutrition. And I look at his diet, and it kind of makes sense. Same with mine. So with my dad, it was not so much a horrible diet it was basically fresh seafood some veggies and then occasional fast food 
but it was more drinking, smoking, and a plethora of pharmaceutical drugs, which my mom was also on so many pharmaceutical drugs because every single one she had to take for her MS to kill the Mm. pain, she was in a lot of pain, um, would then cause side effects. Then she'd have a pill for every side effect. So she was, her life at the end was literally writing down a pill every hour that she took so she didn't overdose on the amount of medication she was on, you know? And so at still at the time, I didn't know. And my mom took vitamins. I remember she had like Kercetin and CoQ10. And I was like, what are these? Like, so was, she knew a little bit or someone knew, had told her something. She was always a little bit on the holistic woo-woo side. And my dad was on the opposite side. So after I lost my mom, there's no telling dad. You know, he's like, oh, those vitamins didn't work for her. But those vitamins could never counteract that many pharmaceuticals. That's the hard part. Like you either, it feels like you either have to go all in natural or not. I mean, I know some people have successfully like done both like chemo and other treatments and it's worked, but. And so when your dad was diagnosed, how much time did they give him and how awake were you and how fast did you start becoming more and more awake? Because it was happening to us concurrently and we'd call each other and be like, oh my God, what about this? What about this? We'd be like sharing information that we had learned. Yeah. And so it's interesting. You were just saying that your mom died in 2004. I'm trying to remember, when did she get diagnosed? See, this was all overlapping now I'm realizing because my dad got diagnosed um, at the very end of 2003. So it was actually before your mom passed away. Okay. So maybe we were talking about it then, but it was too late for my mom. Yes. I don't remember the timeline exactly, but my dad wasn't diagnosed until 2005 or six. I think because I was in Charleston. And see, my dad battled it for six years. Yeah. So like he... My dad was like three months. Your dad was like six years. Yeah. Your dad's was... You're so fast. It was so sad. Um, yeah, so his was like December 2003, so it was basically 2004, um, and then he didn't die until 2009. Okay. So I had a lot of years there where I was really researching and just basically trying to save my dad. Yeah. I was like on a mission. Yeah, like, we both I am with were. My dog, right now. <laughs> my dog <laughs> now, has cancer now. Oh yes. my God. And my dog had cancer, so I'm giving you all the advice. I'm like, here's what worked for Charlotte. Kept yeah, her alive yeah. for two years, longer than they said. When they said, go home and die, I was like, nope. Because <laughs> I'm not like a sit around and do nothing person like I like something like that I was like all right we're I'm I'm gonna save my dad like and I think the hardest thing was as I started to awaken and I started to learn about all these things and then I would be so excited and I'd feel so much hope and I would take these things to my dad and it would be like like he didn't want to hear it and I know you went through this with your dad my dad your dad same mindset same generation baby boomers he did not believe he just didn't believe it yeah he didn't And so I remember with my dad, I found one holistic doctor in the middle of the woods because he didn't even have a practice anymore because I think the FDA or some governing body had forbid him from practicing medicine in um, a doctor's office because he was actually curing people of cancer. So he's in the woods in a house. I remember that. Yeah, like long-haired guy. And like my dad was a hippie. I'm like, hey, this is your dude, man. But he wasn't in a white coat with a stethoscope. So what he was selling us was snake oil to my father. That's how my dad would have been. Yep, exactly. I took my dad to a cranial sacral therapist. <laughs> I think we went to the same one. Angie. I look back and I'm yeah. like, I know. And he was just doing it to appease me. Exactly. My totally dad just to appease me. Yeah. And then I used to make garlic shakes in the fr- in the in the kitchen because they were like supposed to 
he'll, you know, clean your liver. And my dad would pretend to be asleep, so I'd, like, put it in the fridge. And then, like, I'd hear him up, and I'd be like, Daddy? And he'd, like, quickly get back down to sleep because he didn't want the garlic concoction that was waiting oh God, for him in the hilarious. fridge. Yeah. I can, like, picture your dad, like, in that moment, actually. Yes. Oh, I loved your dad. He was so fun. He was fun. Until the bitter end, he was fun. I mean, he died at a party at our house, let's Aww. be honest. Like, he, did, he said, I will not die in the hospital like my mom did. Our dads are so much alike. Like, yeah. my dad did not want a funeral. He yes. wanted a party at the house yes. with, like, beer, and, and that's exactly. what we did. He was like, no funeral home, none of that. Like, yes, celebration of life. Yes. And so you tried to talk to him, and where was your mom at at this point? Was she on your side, on his side? Uh, my mom's just, like, kind of a go-with-the-flow kind of person. Like, she would listen, and, like, I think she thought that some of what I saying, I was saying had merit, but she knew my dad, you know, obviously longer than I had, and she knew that there was going to be no budging him and his thoughts plus you know she's grieving and like trying to figure out how to process all these emotions too but it has been interesting over the past few years she's become a lot more awake especially um nutritionally and she'll say to me all the time oh my god you talked to me about this 10 years ago or you oh my gosh you've been talking about this for so long and I'm like see and she was like you were right all along and it is so validating so I'm like see I was trying to tell you guys okay so like (laughs) I remember this specifically. I used to have a client, and I would go into their offices downtown LA all the time. And um, there was, I had a friend there who was not holistic, but got holistic like maybe a few years ago. And she posted to Instagram herself drinking carrot juice. And I was like, oh, okay. I literally just sent that in a DM. She's like, Allie, I know. I was going to reach out to you because she literally would walk in the editing bay and laugh her ass out and be like, what kind of Kool-Aid we got today? Oh, okay. Like thought it was a joke. And then she's like, yeah. Then I woke up because she had cancer in her family and they were like doing carrot juice because carrot juice is apparently like a something help to help with mm-hmm. cancer. It's, it's just part of the juicing protocol. I know it's part of the Gerson Well, there's protocol. a famous blogger guy who cured himself okay that i think with it. mainly with carrot juice yeah if i remember yeah. i think it's like um crispy cancer or something i don't know what oh chris was on my show yeah, yeah i was gonna say he's probably been on your show but i'm pretty sure isn't he the carrot chris juice Ford. guy yeah probably <laughs> <laughs> i know he juiced his way back to health and that is um, yeah yeah so carrot juice is certainly a big part of that but yeah it's just so funny when you're like i have been talking about this for so long but they can't hear it at the time and then when they come around, it's kind of a gratifying moment, but you're also like, oh, you had to hear it on the news. Oh, your other friend had to tell you. Like, I've been telling you this for you. Oh, yeah. Sometimes if you're too close to someone, they can't hear it from you. No, that's totally true. And yeah. I think what's so sad about my dad's cancer is, so he had melanoma, and which is generally can be pretty curable if you catch it early. And his was a little bit late, but, and he went through some treatment. And then he went into remission for almost a year. And I feel like if he had gotten really serious during that year that he was in um, um, remission, that he could have cured it. I really do. Like, if he had gotten serious about his nutrition, I mean, he never would have. Um, So I think that's what's sad about it. I feel like he he could have lived longer if he had been more open to holistic healing. 100%. My dad, too. And it's one of the hardest things is to not – be regretful that you didn't do enough, which I beat myself up about for years. Like I should have saved him. I should have done this. I should have done that. But same with my dad. Like I believe if he had believed it, it could have worked because the doctor we went to see in the woods was like, 
All right, so um, this is this liver cleanse that you have to do, and just as aggressive as chemo and um, radiation are, this is as aggressive as this diet is. So you are being so aggressive with cleaning your body with all of these um, herbs and nutritional things that you're going to put in every single day. And he was like, obviously, I can't tell you you're going to live, but have I had stage four cancer patients who are given a diagnosis of three months to live, live by doing this 100 that's amazing. I want this guy's number. I know. I don't know how to find him. He's somewhere here. We can probably find say, him. I wonder if he's still around. He's in the woods somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I hope he finally could get a storefront. I hope he's doing something online. I don't remember his name. But I just had recently Dr. Group on the show from the Global Healing Center. And he was telling me about his patient who did – so on their site, they have a liver cleanse, okay? And you can do it while still eating a primarily plant-based diet. Like, they want you to eat clean, but it's not like you can you only have to juice, which scares people away. They're yeah. like, I am too food addicted to do that. I cannot do that. Or I'm too addicted to whatever. So this one you can eat on. So he had a patient, stage 4 cancer, given like, I don't remember, oh, a month or a week to live. Some I think it was a week. It was something very close. And did the liver cleanse, not once, three times in a row. And then he goes back to his doctor and they're like, you have no cancer in your body. What the F did you do? Amazing. Yep. It's all about the liver, I swear. Yeah, I know. I, I got to do a cleanse. I know. I want to really like right now. Yeah, I feel like I need to, yeah, cleanse. I mean, because even if like, like don't wait until you have a, exactly. a, a diagnosis. Because like, then you're having to deal with it also in a state of fear and anxiety. Yes. Like do it before you get sick. I'm saying this for myself. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Giving myself a pep talk. Okay, when I leave here. Yeah, because um, like even I'm one of the healthiest person people that I know. And I know that I'm not at my peak right now. And when I do a cleanse, I mean, everything changes. It's like my mind gets clear. I lose weight. I get, I lose the bloating. I lose like any puffiness that I've gotten from whatever it is, you know, coffee or wine or whatever my vices are. But essentially like that cleanse will completely reset you and it can happen as fast as a week. might take a month for more people depending on how toxic you are. But in a week, you can feel like a whole new person. Sign me up. Yeah. Food Heals Nation, recently a friend texted me and she was like, what is the best multivitamin? And I said, ritual. And she said, do I really need to take one every day? And I said, yes. Why? Well, because there are gaps in the diet and we can't ignore them. It turns out that over 97% of women between the ages of 19 and 50 actually don't get enough vitamin D from their diet and 95% are not getting enough of their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s. That's why we need Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin. It was formulated with nutrients to help support our brain health, our bone health, our blood health, and gives us antioxidant support. But you know, Ritual, they didn't stop there. They actually invested in a gold standard university-led clinical trial to prove the impact of their Essential for Women's 18 Plus multivitamin. So what were the results? The results were that this particular multivitamin was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. Those are some stats I can get behind, right? The clinical study, if you want to read it, was actually published in a leading scientific journal called Frontiers in Nutrition. This is a big deal. It's a big deal to get a published clinical study. That's why I love Ritual. They have amazing commitments like their third-party testing from USP and the non-GMO project. 
Their ingredients are traceable, they are vegan, and there's nothing shady, no shady gross ingredients, right? So you know Ritual offers you, Food Heals Nation, 10% off your first three months. Yeah, get it every month. Just have it arriving at your door. How easy is that? So visit ritual.com slash food heals and turn healthy habits into a ritual. That's 10% off at ritual.com slash food heals. Food Heals Nation approved this message. Yes, I take it every day. If you text me, that's what I'm going to tell you. So don't text me. Just go ahead and go to ritual.com slash food heals. Okay, so as you were going through this and I was going through this as well, we were also discovering things about ourselves that weren't as bad as cancer, but we were like, oh, like I was like, oh, I have chronic fatigue. How do I heal this? And you were like, oh, I have a chronic bladder infection. Like, how do I heal this? And what did you discover? Well, it's interesting because you actually told me about Geraldine, my oh, my homeopathic doctor. Yeah, because Dorothy went to her. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. Okay, and then she helped you cure yourself. Yeah, so it's just crazy. Like, I had been getting chronic bladder infections since I was three years old. Like, I went, my I had to go through all those tests at the hospital where they, like, run that dye through you because they were trying to see if something, they thought something was, like, physically wrong with me because yeah. I was getting them so often. Gosh. Um. And then they kind of just like magically stopped at 10, which I have a whole new like idea of why my body might have been reacting. Now, knowing what I know now, yeah. looking back, yeah. I actually really think it might have been the cow's milk huh. because I loved milk as a child and I would chug like glasses and glasses and glasses of it. And I'm just wondering if that's what was irritating my bladder now, looking back and knowing how dairy affects me now. Yeah, probably. And see, it would make sense because around 10 is probably when I started drinking less milk. You know, you become more of like your, you know, preteen or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And you just don't, you're not just like drinking glasses of milk as then much. Then you switch to Coca-Cola or something. <laughs> yeah, I probably was drinking like Sunkist or something horrible. Yeah, my parents yeah. never told me that that was bad for right, me. Right, orange soda, that was my Oh jam. my God, that was what I mean. The yeah. orange soda was like the thing back then. That was so good. Yeah, I mean, I don't, obviously I have no idea, but I, I kind of, in hindsight, I'm like, I bet you if I had cut out dairy, it probably would have healed it back probably. then. Probably. I mean, I hear that all the time. But then, so they went away for a few years, but then they started, they came back rampantly in my teenage years, which, you know, what causes that? Um, but, you oh. know, but I was always, pro- you know, but I was prone to them anyway, right, just because right, right. I'd had in my whole life. And then I started getting them like so chronically, like all the way from like, you know, 16, 17, all the way into my mid 20s. And they're painful, Late 20s, right? so painful. And, and the worst part is you just, the, the, the solution is antibiotics. Right. That's all they, that's, that that's the only solution. Yeah. And at the time I wasn't awake enough to, no to question that I would just yeah. pop so I mean oh my gosh my poor gut from three years old until my 20s was just taking antibiotics constantly so when we had our awakening and you had told me about Geraldine I started going to her because I had had like four bladder infections in a six-month period so almost one a month wow and that's, it was just bad that's like as bad as having your period <laughs> it was horrible it's like you said they're so painful and i knew I, I knew enough at that point to know that the whole antibiotic thing could not be good i've only had one once and i thought i was dying it's awful it was so pain i was like what is this i had no idea i'd never had one yeah it was the most pain i've ever been in my life oh they're terrible and to have them like back to back to back like that i don't know it was just bad but oh my god uh, so geraldine's a, a She's a naturopath and also practices homeopathy, homeopathy which I, I can't even say that word. Um, I didn't know anything about yeah, I that remember at that. all yeah. when I went. I just kind of went in blind. She literally cured me. Like, I, I don't, I, I think I was like 27 or something when I saw her. Maybe even older, 28, 29. I don't know. Anyways, she got to sort of the bottom of like 
because part of it is figuring out the emotional triggers for these kind of reoccurring ailments. And I I mean, I would have like three hour sessions with her, which I always joke that she was really more like my therapist. I know, because Dorothy would go and cry for hours and I would be resistant. She, she She would try, I swear to God, she was like trying to make me cry. And I was so like locked up inside I couldn't let my emotions out to anyone but Dorothy would go and ball for three hours that's what I would do (laughs) that's totally what I would do and I always say like I could not have gotten through the death of my father without her because I was seeing her throughout that time when my dad was sick Mm -hmm. and then into when he passed and everything and you know I, I had to face a lot of like issues that I had with my dad, you know, the the kind of things that when you're in your 20s, you would just totally put on the back burner and not deal with. But because he was dying, I was sort of forced to deal with some complex emotions and things about our relationship that, yeah, um, and that might have been affecting me physically as well, the bladder infections, whatnot, because once I kind of talked through like everything, it was crazy. They just went away, like completely went away. Okay, so was it all emotional or was she doing the homeopathy as well what was it both yeah both so she would give me remedies uh you know based on all the like emotional stuff that we would talk about because like you and I could go to her with this same exact set of symptoms and walk out with two totally different homeopathic remedies because it's really based on like that's why the sessions are so long because she has to get to the bottom of like why you're feeling the way. I mean, she'll take you all the way. Like, tell me about your childhood. Like, yeah. tell me, like you got to talk about like everything all the way back from the yeah. beginning of time. I want to go see her now She's that I'm here. She's amazing. <laughs> she like, I, I ended up seeing her later in life too. Like she helped my husband and I like back when we needed help and other health issues. And yeah, like she, I really credit her with a lot. I mean, you know, and everyone has to find their own provider. I feel like you know, just because I clicked with her doesn't mean that everyone's going to click with her. But for, right. for me, she was like the perfect fit. And yeah. I, I literally never had another bladder infection. I, I had my first bladder infection in like 10 years, like a year ago. And you're like, all right, what do I need to heal? Yeah. Where do but I she go would cry? Me, she would give me the remedy. And then she would tell me, as soon as you feel like even the slightest inkling of a bladder infection coming on, take the remedy. And I would occasionally, I would feel that little inkling and I would take the remedy and it would just like disappear. It was, to me, it felt like magic. It was magic, especially back then, Mm. because this is still when we were in the middle, I feel like, of our awakening. Yes. And we were like, who is this witch doctor who also kind of lived in the woods? Not in the woods. And she lived off she of did. like Rainbow yeah. Loop in the back area. <laughs> she did. She did. And she had like cats that would yes. like come in and lay on the You'd therapy couch. House. Yes. <laughs> so her, her therapist's office was in her home, which is great. I mean, there's no fault of that. But again, here we are dealing with like our parents who are only going to talk to people in sterile offices mm-hmm. and white coats. And we're like, we're going out people's houses and they're healing us underground. Like. And their cats are walking across our yes. lap as we ball our eyes out. Yeah. And it was like floor-to-ceiling bookcases yes. with, like, books, like, overflowing Dusty all around books. you. Yeah, it felt like, like, an old library room or something. But I would borrow books from her. That's another good point because I remember, like, I don't know if there was Amazon. I don't know why I couldn't get my books at a bookstore, but I was always, like, getting them from random old places. <laughs> but that's how I would learn about nutrition. Yep. She was just a plethora of information. Yeah. I learned so much from her. I should go see her before I'm out of town. <laughs> you totally should. I've been actually wanting to see her just – not pretty, just because I miss her. <laughs> you can come with me. We'll go ball our eyes Yeah, out. I mean, if anyone's in the Wilmington area, her name is Geraldine Metzger, and she's amazing. Okay. I think, put, I think you can Google her and I'll find her I'll put the number. link in the show notes. Okay, yeah. She, she was really helpful, especially at that time when we were newly discovering this, and to have someone to verify what we were reading about when no one else – I hadn't met anyone yet – 
It wasn't until I moved to LA after my father had died that I really started meeting people who had completely cured themselves. I met them in person. Like uh, they were my clients, they were my friends, and I just, it kept happening. It was obviously universe proving this to me. But until then, it was like only Geraldine was the one to reflect back. Like, yeah, you guys are onto something. Yes, this holistic health thing is a thing. Yes, you have been lied to. <laughs> and, you know, one thing that makes her so interesting is she's actually um, like a chemist. Like her background, she has like, I think like 50 degrees. She's like really God. brilliant. She's <laughs> so brilliant. I think she has a degree in like chemistry, biology, like she's PhD. Like, I don't know. She has like the most interesting educational background. Um, I can't remember it all. But so she yeah. has like a very science mind. Yeah. Where, you know, uh, of course, like now they love to like pit the natural community and say we're like anti-science. But like she couldn't be more. We're pro-unsponsored like, science. How about that? Yeah. Like <laughs> she could not be more scientific yeah. really in her thinking and like right. she was just open to, I don't know, yeah. I guess other things. <laughs> no, that's awesome. But, well, she was great. Okay. So I'm so glad you were able to cure that. And then. I would love to talk about something else really holistic that you did that I have not had the pleasure of doing yet, but you had how many home births? Oh my gosh, <laughs> two, because I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was amazing. You know, it, it's funny, you just go through these different phases in your journey of holistic stuff. Like, you know, I didn't have a reason to research birth until I was thinking about getting pregnant. Yeah. And, um, I had actually a friend who got pregnant, and this is what sent me down the rabbit hole. Um, and I, she made me watch uh, the business of being born. I knew you were going to. I know that. <laughs> the Ricky Lake documentary. If you I think we seen watched it. it at the same time, or maybe was t- when did you watch it? Probably around 2012, okay. 11 or 12. I might have seen it before that, but I remember talking about it really intricately with someone. If it wasn't you, I don't know who it was. Anyways, go on. Yeah, and it, it really opened my mind to like. Of course, I was already like holistically mind, you know, minded at that point. Um, so I was very open to it. And I was like, and for me, like, and I know you probably feel this way, like for, hospitals just don't conjure up good memories for me because all I can picture is like my dad like I have dying. A response in a hospital. And yeah. I was like, I can't give baby I can't have like give birth to a baby in this okay. setting. Okay. Like it's just not going to work for me because yeah. to me it's not like a, a a good positive feeling. Yep. So when I after I saw the business being born, I was like, Yep, this is what I'm gonna do. And, of course, my husband, who thinks I'm insane, every time I come up with one of these things, I I remember he looked at me and he said, why can't we just do things like everybody else for once? Why do we always have to be different? And and I was like... But it's so funny. So now he's like the biggest home birth advocate. Like if if you were to like run into him at like a soccer game or something this weekend... He will talk your ear off about home birth and midwives and like it's like he's totally done a 180 on it. But when I first like presented it to him, he was just like, oh, my God, here we go. Oh, my God. Like, why do we have to be different? I just want to say that you've been the best influence on him because it's hard with men. We both saw it with our stubborn ass fathers. Yes. Who we love to death. But it's like you cannot change people. And you have changed him by example. Yeah, no, and we went in, you know, in, in this area, really in North Carolina in general, we don't have a lot of home birth midwives because of our laws here, which is a kind of a good thing. Like, you have to be a registered nurse who's also been to midwifery. Like, you can't just be a midwife. Okay. You have to be, I forget what it's called, and uh, there's a special title for Anyways, basically, you're a full-blown registered nurse okay. and you're a midwife. And the reason there's not a lot of them is if you've gone through all the schooling to become a registered nurse, you can make so much more money in the hospital setting. So, like, people who go through, you know, the financial part of it and the time to become a registered nurse, you have to – 
you have to have a passion for midwifery if you're going to choose that route because you could take that same degree and go make twice as much money. Is that by design? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> so there's only like a few in the state. I think like in the whole state of North Carolina, there's only three or four. Wow. Nurse midwives. That's crazy. I mean, there's a lot of... Mid- How did you get one? <laughs> there's a lot of midwives like practicing illegally. Oh. I've heard. I don't know. Um, but I went the legal route and went with the nurse midwife because it, she happened to be in our area. We were just lucky that we had one of the few midwives in the state was in our area and she had been delivering babies since the 70s. Like she had stories of delivering babies in the back of you know Volkswagen buses and hippie days like um she yeah she delivered like 2,000 plus babies or something so I felt yeah safe with her and then once my husband talked to her oh you can talk about in the woods she lives literally like in a cabin in the woods I can't people and I and that's where I would go to my appointments oh my is God. at her house in the cabin in the woods. Oh, I can't. <laughs> Everyone, please go get an office because you're never going to convince certain people of your legitimacy. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. God. Yeah. So, I, you know, I got Kevin on board. And look, I don't like pain. I don't know. I think some people think that people want to have a natural birth because they're, like, trying to prove something. I did yeah. not want to prove something. I don't want any pain. I'm I like, did not. Listen, if I could have taken all the drugs yeah. and had no pain, I would have done it. If I knew that it wasn't harmful. Right, I know. You know what I mean? So, uh, but you know, honestly, like the thought of sticking a giant needle in my back Mm-mm. was more scary to me. That's more scary to me. Than having a natural birth. Yeah. So uh, it all turned out great. They brought the tub in. So they bring, okay, so tell mm. me the deeds. So they bring the tub to your house. They fill it up with what kind of water? Like hot water. Yeah, it's like hot, you know, warm. Okay. And then you, how long are you in the tub? It's just sort of there when you need it. Like, you wouldn't spend, like, the whole time in the tub. Like, you – I would find, like, I would get in for a while. They always say, like, the birthing tub is, like, a natural epidural. Um, Great. And it does relieve the pain a bit when you get in. I wonder if you could take, like, CBD or something. That couldn't affect the baby, could it? I have no idea. I'm so scared of the pain that I don't want to do drugs either. Not that I'm pregnant, but just Yeah, no. I mean, look, it does hurt. There's no doubt about it. But I don't – look, if I can do it, anyone can do it. I'm okay, telling fine. you, like, literally they used to have to hold me down to prick my finger at the doctor. Don't you bruise really easily? Uh, probably. Oh. I don't know. I just hate pain. I do too. I, I really, pain. really am like yeah. – uh, I hate needles. I hate all of it. Yes. I don't want anything near me. Yes. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that was the other reason I didn't want to go to the hospital. I didn't want an IV. I was more afraid of getting an IV. They give you an IV when you're, like – when yeah, you, yeah. I don't the want only any of that. I'm like, I just I do leave me alone. are like, I'll do the Myers cocktails, and it is so painful. And they're like, oh, it's just a little prick. And I'm like gritting my teeth, holding on to a stress ball, like I'm like crying. And they're like, girl, calm down. I'm like, you don't understand. I cannot handle this. That would be me. I yeah. mean, that was 100 percent me. Yeah. So actually, for most people, home birth seems really scary. For me, the hospital seemed really scary. I, I, actually, I agree with that. I am much more comfortable at home with a midwife, with my hubby. You yeah. know, that environment that is like conducive to healing and feeling at home. I don't want to be in a sterile office and like like a hospital environment. I think one of the nice things about giving birth at home too is you don't have to figure out the right time to go to the hospital. Because that's like a big thing. Like, because if you go too early, they either won't check you in and send you back home and then you have to come back. And like, that's a little bit stressful or they'll check you in. And then like you have like hospitals give you a certain time frame that you can be in labor. So then like if you check in too early, you're cutting into your your time frame where then they're going to be like, okay, time to have some Pitocin. And you've been here too long. You know, so you just up your chances of interventions 
Um, I mean, I have had friends who have had intervention-free births at the hospital, but it is not easy. And it's it takes not, it's actually a lot of luck. It seems rare, yeah. It's rare. It's a lot of luck. Um, so it was just nice to just go into labor, be at your house. I didn't have to figure out, am I far enough along to have to get in my car and go? Like, I don't know. Getting in the car and going somewhere just would have been really that stressful. That sounds really stressful. Absolutely. And so you said, okay, so if Kevin's at the park and he's talking, like, what would he say about it? Like, what did he like about it? Uh, well, he he always jokes around because I made him take a Bradley course, which is like, it's like this hardcore, it's like a nine-week birthing class. Oh, and he jokes, he's like, he's like, I'm a certified midwife now because I've taken this Bradley course. Oh my <laughs> yeah, God, he I jokes around because it was like so long. Like most people just go for like a couple of sessions of birthing class or whatever. And yeah. I, of course, I made him do this like nine-week long <laughs> birthing class oh my god um but no yeah no he loves it and like he always says too like and something people don't think about is you know if anything goes wrong you just transfer to the hospital and like where we were living at the time like the hospital was like 15 20 minutes away well if you're in the hospital giving birth and something goes wrong it could take 15 to 20 minutes for the doctor to get to your room right right so it's really not as dangerous as people think and if you actually look at the statistics Home birth is way safer than hospital birth, statistically. Yeah. When you look at this, I mean, there's actually a lot of death that happens in childbirth in the hospital. Yeah, and it is a business. That's why the documentary is called The Business of Being Born. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's talk about costs. What do you think, like, okay, so you have a midwife cost. Is there any other cost versus a hospital cost? Yeah, so home birth is very economical, especially if you don't have insurance or you don't have very good insurance. Like, I can't, I'm trying to remember. I want to say it was like a couple thousand dollars, but you like spread it out. Okay, you can do a payment plan. Yeah, and then I was able to submit that to our insurance, and I got some of it reimbursed, I think, on the first one. It ended up being like not very expensive. Now, I guess where it could get expenses expensive is if you, you know, you paid for the home birth or whatever, and let's say something happened and you did have to transfer. To and the hospital, have good insurance. yeah. So okay. then that you you know then you're gonna have that bill. Yeah. Um. But luckily, I didn't have to transfer for either of mine, and it all was like good. But yeah, it can it can be very economical for sure. And they don't do as like many ultrasounds in home birth, which a lot of people don't realize that ultrasounds are not actually very good for the baby. No, they're not. And and people like today just want to get ultrasound after ultrasound after ultrasound, and it's it's and I get it. Like when you're pregnant, like you just want to see the baby, like you just want to see yeah. it, but. It's you really should only get like one or two. This reminds me of a side note, but um, like my friend said the other day, like when's the last time you you got a mammogram? And I was like, I'm not getting a mammogram, and I'm sorry if that's controversial, but thermography, I'll get a thermogram any time of day. Do they have something similar uh, that you could do for a baby? I wonder. I don't know. I've I've never heard of me. I mean, I think the consensus is as long as you just do one or two throughout your pregnancy, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, really, theoretically, you should only have to get one. Like at that, I forget how many weeks it is when you find out the sex, like 18 weeks or something. Really, theoretically, you should just get that one. Make sure everything's okay with the baby. Find out the sex if you want to. And then that should be it. Unless there's a problem. Like sometimes then a little bit later, like if it's flipped, you might want to look and see that. But Was your doctor that you would go to for that supportive of the fact that you're doing a home birth with a midwife? The one that did the ultrasound? Yeah. So she had a guy, she had a, an OBGYN that she partnered with, and um, he would actually come to her house and do the ultrasound right there as part of my appointment at her house. Everyone's at their house these days. All right, I give up. Yeah, it <laughs> no, was really awesome. cool. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. And, I, and 
yeah, I mean, my second pregnancy, I actually thought I was having a miscarriage mm-hmm. at one point, and um, he, like, came to us. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, 11 weeks, I which is pretty, you know, you're almost in your second trimester, and I was just, like, one day, I just started bleeding like crazy, and oh. I was like, oh, my God, I'm losing the baby. Oh. Like, it was so traumatic, and so, like, I rushed. She sent me to, it was, like, of course, on a Friday after. I feel like everything always happens on a Friday afternoon when you're, like, going to the weekend and nothing's open. Right, of course. And um, so I went to this ultrasound place, and um, Lucille was totally fine. And But what's so interesting is then later, after I gave birth, my um, placenta had, like, an extra lobe on it. What does that mean? So normally they're like kind of shaped a certain way and then okay. like mine had like an extra like like part like sticking mm-hmm. out which means I might have been pregnant with twins. <gasps> and that little lobe and so what happened at 11 weeks might have been I might have lost a twin. I just didn't know it. I didn't know wow. I was pregnant. I mean it would make sense with this extra lobe and then that I had that bleeding incident. Oh my god. 11 weeks. So anyways, that was kind of fascinating. And I do have a lot of twins in my family. Like my mom is a twin and And the doctor no one can confirm that. That's interesting. I don't know. Like it, maybe not. Maybe it wasn't, but it seems like a little bit of a coincidence that there was sort of like yeah, this yeah. abnormally shaped placenta which looked like it could have been, you know, to I don't know. Okay, did anyways. you do the placenta tea? Oh, I I did the whole Okay, I, tell I, me about this. Oh my gosh. I'll yes. do it if you convince me. Oh my gosh, yes. All right, Food Heals Nation, I'm here hanging out with Tina Anderson, the founder of Just Thrive, which is probiotics, but also so much more. So Tina, can you tell us what is a spore-based probiotic and why is it different from other probiotics out there on the market? Yeah, that's a great question, Allison. Um, A spore-based probiotic is a completely different category of probiotics. So the majority of probiotics on the market are comprised of lactobacillus and bifidobacterium. Ours are not. And we did that very intentionally because we know that those strains are sensitive organisms. They have difficulty getting to the intestines alive. Spore-based probiotics have this endospore shell around itself. And that spore shell allows it to get to the intestines alive. It's really important to remember that a probiotic, in order to be defined as a probiotic, needs to arrive alive in the intestines. It doesn't need to be alive in the refrigerator. It needs to be alive in the intestines. So a spore-based probiotic actually has this shell around itself. And when it has the shell around itself, it's dormant and it allows you to swallow it. It gets, you know, it's able to handle the temperature, your body temperature, which is very warm, 98.6. It's able to get through the stomach acid, which is very acidic, very harsh, meant to be the heart gastric barrier and get to the intestines. And where once they get to the intestines, it takes their shell, its shell off. And it goes into its live vegetative cell state when it gets to the intestines. So these are natural probiotics. These are the same type of strains that our ancestors, when they ate off the land, they ate roots and tubers off the land, they consumed these probiotic strains. Um, so it's just, unfortunately, we don't find them in our environment today. So it's a very different approach than the majority of probiotics. One of the biggest you know, issues is survivability. The ma- vast majority of probiotics just simply do not survive that journey to the intestines. And most of them are basically dead bacteria therapy where spore-based probiotics get there 100% alive, where they're staying there for about 21 to 28 days and making a true change in the microbial environment. In fact, one of the studies that we did 
uh, right away was showing that just after about two weeks, uh, we saw a 30% favorable shift in the microbiome in the strains in the gut. So um, that's a pretty profound shift in just 30 days. So, and, and that's the resu- reason we see such profound you know, results with people who start on the product. So it's really exciting. And it's definitely the, the new category of probiotics out there, even though it's where, you know, our ancestors were consuming these strains on a daily basis. Wow, we're always going back to basics, right? But we yeah. made it overcomplicated. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for breaking that down for us, Tina. I really appreciate it. So Food Heals Nation, stop throwing away money on probiotics that are going to die before they hit your gut and heal yourself, boost your immunity with Just Thrive Probiotics. Go to justthrivehealth.com. Use the coupon code FOODHEALS15. You'll get 15% off your order. Tina, thanks again so much for clarifying that. Oh, you bet. Thank you so much, Allison. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. We're the only species that doesn't eat our placenta. Okay, and why do we do it? Um, it helps regulate your hormones. It's like it's so good for the mother because like you're when, when you get pregnant and have a baby, like your immune system, your body in general just gets flipped upside down. Like it's absolutely insane what your body goes through. Yeah. Um, and the placenta really helps regulate all of that. Um, so how do you you take the placenta and how do you make it into the tea? Oh, I didn't do any of that. Who did it? I paid someone to do that. Thank God. Yeah. Okay. So there are <laughs> services. They literally um, come to your house like okay. the day after you give birth. Like there's, so there's, so like if you were to do it in the hospital or something, you have to bring like a cooler. Oh my God. And like a gallon Ziploc. And they, oh my God. <laughs> I didn't see any of it. I literally, I, I'm I, queasy. Okay. I can do, I like what, I like your style. Someone just took it away okay. and did it. Thank God. And they like dehydrate it and okay. they crush it up and they put it in pills. Oh. And then you just take the pills. Oh, you take it. Okay. I don't know why I thought tea. Maybe someone else. No, you, I think you can make and they made like a tincture they made like it was like this whole package where i got like a tincture which i actually still have now that i can take for like various ailments like people swear but i i don't take mine enough i you're making me think about it i need to go home and like yeah if you're not feeling well but it can be like really good for pms and stuff like later and like because it's literally like your hormones and like your placenta your immune system in there like I don't yeah know like okay. i don't i know i'm not explaining it uh, very no, well it's okay i don't know and you may not know either but you have more experience than i do yeah no i have a friend that does this we should you should have we her on the let, show yeah because she on not, just, now we're just shooting the shit but. i know like i'm not get, i'm not doing it justice oh, that's okay i that's just okay. know that it's really good for you and people get grossed out by it but it's not i mean literally we're the only species that does not eat their own placenta so they're only that, species okay so like, like a animals. dog and a cat would do it Yes, animals eat their own placenta oh my God. after they give birth. Like so, it, it makes sense, and 
yeah, it yeah. did make me feel good. Yeah, like it can give you energy. Like cool. Yeah, so I did that whole thing. But yeah, I, I had someone else do it. I'm Sorry, not if into anyone that. listening is screaming into the podcast thing right now. You know, when you're listening, you're like, "What are they talking about? They are not making any sense." Let me tell you what it is. Just DM me, and I will t- and I will say what it is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We don't so know right I know now. there's a lot of benefits. Oh, and they made like a like a salve. That you can like rub on your skin Ooh. with it. Like so there's I so many myself. things you can make with the placenta. <laughs> That's good for you. <laughs> and all natural. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, I you know I love the natural cures. Okay. So let's wrap up and talk about how is the travel business now? <clears throat> and let's well, first let's go back because what ha- this happened to both of us, and I'm sure it happened to many people listening. If you had a certain type of job, or whether you were self-employed or had a job or had clients, whatever it might be, a lot of us were severely affected by the pandemic. So I thought I had a pandemic-proof business. I didn't. I lost multiple streams of income. Luckily, I didn't lose them all. But for someone in the travel agency, when travel is canceled, even booking trips that are supposed to be in 2020 and 2021 for three years, what happens? What was that like? It was the craziest experience. I mean, leading into March, you know, of course, we were hearing about it in Asia in January and February, and I was, like, not worried about it at all. Like, I I don't know why. I I guess because there's been other, like, SARS-like viruses, and, like, it always ended up kind of being nothing. Not like it was – I mean, you know, I don't know. It didn't affect everyone's business and shut down restaurants. (laughs) I mean, the whole world shut down. Like, it was – absolutely insane like because I'm like okay I don't really plan like a ton of trips to Asia so like Asia was shut down I'm like okay I can deal with that like I mainly do Europe and South America and different places but I was like okay and so then when when things really like when Trump announced like the travel ban to Europe that I'll never forget it that was on a Thursday and I had clients scheduled to depart for London and Paris on Saturday no and at that point, because we obviously we had been talking that week, like, do you still want to go? Like, what month was this? Do you remember March twenty twenty? Okay, okay. March. okay. I don't remember the exact dates. So I just know yeah. Trump did the travel ban on a Thursday, and they were supposed to depart Saturday. Because March is also it was like end of because I went to I my last mid-March. conference in the middle in the beginning of March, mm-hmm. and then when I got back, it was like a week later, and the world shut down. So was it mid March? Yeah, it was like teens. Yeah. I want to say like seventeenth, eighteenth, somewhere around. Oh no, was, no, they were departing. I think March fourteenth. Wow. So he must have done the ban on the 12th. So he did that before we were on lockdown at home. Yes. Okay. That was like the first, I feel okay. like for me, maybe just because the way it affected my business, Yeah. that was like the first big slap you in the face, like, right. wow, this is really going down right. moment. Right. Because up until that point, my clients were like, we're we're, we're fine with it. We're still going to go. Like, because I had started That's working. That's how I would have been. Yeah. I, I had started working with them in January 2019. Wow. So we had been planning this trip for over a year, and they were, like, determined. They were like, we are not going to miss. It was a mother-daughter. They were so sweet. Aww. So I had, like, less than 48 hours to deal with their trip, and that was just one of 75 trips I was working on at the time. Seventy. Five. I was at like the peak of my busyness. Like, so in the Your travel. Your career was on fire. Oh, it was on fire. And then the pandemic shut you down. It was, ins- <laughs> I know. I And it's so funny because I had said so many times, 2020 is going to be my best year ever. We all said that. <laughs> I really, I like really, I had so many big trips on the books for 2020 and uh, I was going to just kill it. And, yeah. and my kids were finally like getting to an age where. It's, it was easier for me to focus on my job, you know, and I just was really focused and motivated and excited about mm. everything. And I had just made some big changes in my business that I was excited about. Yeah, so it it was insane. But, you know, those first few weeks were just, you know, you just go into reaction mode. You're like, okay, 
you know, just like sorting everyone out. And then I actually had to go through like a grieving process where I just like grieved like all the time I had spent on all these trips because in in our industry, we we don't get paid unless the trip actually happens. Mm -hmm. So I could work with somebody for a year or in some cases longer than a year. And then if that trip doesn't happen for any reason, that whole year's worth of work is kind of out the window. Yeah. So it really made me reevaluate my business model and sort of the way I do business because I was like, I can't work like this because mm-hmm. in normal times, very few trips cancel. Right, right. You know, of course. if one out of 75 cancels, like, yeah, it's a hit, but like, it's not that big a deal. And yeah. so that business model was fine. But it definitely made all of us in the industry go, okay, what is wrong with this model? Because we all just... Like yeah. everything got cut off at once, but so many silver linings. Well, um, we got a free trip to Jamaica. Yeah, we did get to that go to Jamaica. That was my silver lining. Angie, it was like, what was it, April or something? You were like, want to come to Jamaica? I was like, yes, I do. No, it was like July. <laughs> oh, okay. July, yeah. And like my husband couldn't come because he had just like taken a week off of work and he yeah. was like, I can't take any more time off work. Yes. And, and see, like, you know, normally when you work in the industry, you get offered, you know, to go tour resorts and stuff so you can experience it for yourself. But a lot of, in normal times, there's not a lot of inventory available. So we were getting a lot of offers because they had all these empty rooms. Hey, come check out these resorts. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I'm like, hmm, who can I call that on the fly could just last minute hop on an airplane and meet me in Jamaica? You know oh. it's me. <laughs> you so know me. it's Allie. <laughs> it's always been me. <laughs> and that trip was so special. Oh, it was amazing. So many synchronicities. I- well, I think it was – okay, no, my first trip after the pandemic was Florida, and then my second one was with you. But it was my first trip out of the country when the after the pandemic had started. Because I had other plans. Like, um, Laura and I were supposed to go to Cannes. Like, there, I, everything was just done. It was the weirdest feeling. It, it was I, crazy. It was just so crazy. It, yeah, I completely lost my income. I mean, even now, like, I don't even think I've paid myself since – since the pandemic started because <laughs> I mean I this year has obviously been a lot better than last year but I'm like almost afraid to pay myself because I'm like what if there's another shutdown I have to like you know save this for because right. it, it feels like everything's very uncertain okay well what if someone's listening right now and they're like mm-hmm. I am ready to take my exotic trip I want to go to Europe I want to stay in high-end luxury places I don't want to plan it what do you what can you do for them and how do they get in touch with you Yes. So I do focus on luxury, although I, you know, I do work with a lot of honeymoon clients, um, people celebrating big milestones, 50th wedding anniversaries and, and people like just, that just want to get away and don't want to have to deal with planning it themselves because the internet is overwhelming. Totally. And no one wants to, you know, spend all this money on a trip and get there. And like the hotel is not like what the pictures look like. So you like verify all that. Cause I've done that too. I've booked hotels blindly and then you show up and you're like, well, that was one good picture with a wide-angle lens, and the rest is shit. Or it's in a bad neighborhood. Yeah. Maybe the inside of the hotel is fine, but you're, there's, like, people doing crack on the corner, right. and you're like, uh, <laughs> I don't feel safe here. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and I've been in business for um, almost 13 years now. Wow. So, you know, in that amount of time, you really hone in on your on your industry connections. Like, I have guides and and different people that I work with all around the world. Um, and that is what really makes or breaks a trip, I think. A good guide, a good inside connection um, when you get there. Or just knowing that I've had 10 clients stay at this resort and every single one of them comes back and says, this is the best place ever, you know. Because, right. I mean, I can't – I try to go as many places as I can, but I can't have been everywhere. 
Um, and then I always have my in-country um, people that are there for you if you need anything. That's really important. Like, I love it when I go back to somewhere I've already been and I've got my driver, mm -hmm. you know, or I've got the coordinator for this or that. That always feels good. Like, just the other day, I was just WhatsApping um, with my Tulum driver because he's the best. Like, I don't want to – I don't ever have to go do a shuttle again. Like, I've got my driver. Yeah. So, like, if you were a travel advisor and you were sending clients to Tulum, you would hook them up yes. with him. And that's how I am, except I have those contacts all over the world. That's amazing. Um, in fact, like, when we went to Jamaica, remember I met up with Richie? Yeah. And I had been sending clients um, on, on excursions, and, and he does some airport transfers, too, with Richie for, like, 10 years, but I had never met him in person. Oh, and that's cool. It was just so great to finally meet him in person. And, but, yeah, I've got, I've got my Richies and my, all, you and know, all, the all, all my places. Um, and so that's, you know, and then I'm also a member of Virtuoso, which is a luxury travel consortium. It's by invitation only, and it's basically a network of the best of the best in the world. So it's Properties. like, yeah, so it's like the best hotels, the best tour operators, the best travel agencies. I see it now online since you told me about it in Jamaica. I, it'll say like a virtuoso property. Yes. And I'm like, ooh, <laughs> like it's like a Michelin star. It kind of is. And the thing about virtuoso is if, especially if you're someone who's staying at virtuoso properties all the time, there's all these virtuoso amenities that you can only get when you book through a virtuoso travel advisor. Mm. So like I actually have some new clients who have been staying at virtuoso properties for years and just booking on their own. And their mind has like literally been blown since they started working with me because I get them all these virtuoso amenities. So it might be like a free upgrade, $100 resort credit, like free spa treatment. Like it's usually like four or five, like pretty awesome things. I'm like, oh my gosh, like we've been leaving all this on the table for all right. these years. We They just didn't know, you know? And so now they book everything through me because they, yeah, it doesn't cost them anymore, you know? Like the hotel itself is yeah. the same price. So um, let's talk about that because you get a commission from the hotel. So it's not like they have to pay extra. Yeah, it's not like a markup. Now I do charge a planning fee because sure. I spend a lot of time you know, As you should. crafting the yeah. itinerary. And, and a lot of times people come to me and they have no idea what they want. And um, so I'll put together a proposal with maybe like three different, totally different destinations. Yeah, wow. And just really help. It's a collaborative process where we work together and till we find like the perfect place and the perfect resort. And, um, and that is the big thing that COVID taught me is that I really um, have to charge for my time up front. Because most of the time spent on these trips is spent on the front end yeah. and finding the right place and exploring all the options and then getting it booked and, and all of that. So I do charge a, a planning fee, but it's it's reasonable, I feel like, for the service that you get. And it is a service. And some of these Europe trips are, are so complicated with train ticket, you know, especially if you're doing multiple countries, yeah. you need train tickets and you need airport transfers and you need tour guides and you need hotels and you need like... And people don't want to have to put all those components together themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, That's why I like retreats and things that are already planned for me or like going with you to Riviera Maya or going with you to Jamaica because I'm like, Angie's got this. I don't even need to make a dinner rest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and for my really like high-end luxury clients, you know, take it as far as you want to go as far as like spa treatment appointments, um, dinner reservations. I have lots of clients who, you know, they want to they wanna eat at the most exclusive restaurants in, in each location and you got to plan ahead. You can't just show up. They're not going to yeah. have any appointments. Right. So, um, and that's where Virtuoso comes in a lot too. Like I've definitely had situations where the, like the restaurant was full mm -hmm. and then through my Virtuoso contacts, I was able to get my clients a reservation. So, wow. um, 
So there's a lot of value, I think. That's amazing. Okay, so how can people, you do a free 30-minute consultation. Yeah, like I always um, try to talk to everybody on the phone. Um, I usually do like a short questionnaire just so I can get a feel for what you're looking for. And then we'll talk on the phone and um, just, you know, make sure we're a good fit for each other. And um, yeah, and then you just, we I'll, I'll tell you in the phone conversation kind of what the planning fee is because it does vary based on the trip and the how complicated it is and uh, how many people are going and, and all of that. And then, yeah, and then I put together like a really beautiful proposal with pictures and descriptions and we talk through it and... Perfect. Okay, yeah. so that's at awaybug.com. Mm-hmm. And then you also have your Telegram and your Facebook group where you post a lot of updates. So if I want to know what's going on, what country am I allowed to go into, like what are the rules right now, because it is still changing. Maybe it seems like it's getting better, but who knows? <laughs> um, they could close Europe tomorrow. But um, so how can everyone get those updates from you, the Facebook group and all that? Yeah, so I am on Instagram, Facebook, and Telegram, but I would say I'm most active on Facebook and Telegram, and it's it's all of them are just under Awaybug at Awaybug. You you know you can just search it on Facebook; it should come up. Awaybug Travel, and then same thing on Telegram. If you just search Awaybug Travel, um, I try to you know put updates on there because yeah, it travel's gotten way more complicated, and that's the other thing you know people are I think flocking to advisors right now because yeah. of these these entry requirements are so confusing. It's so confusing. Well, and now in Europe like you have to have this green pass and like it's been stressful like because they they it's not a quick process and like you know, you have to fill out this form and it's all in French or you get like a confirmation back and it's in French and you're like what does this say? And, yeah. You know, <laughs> like oh, so it's complicated and I help my clients like through all of that and um so yeah, it just it just takes um, kind of the edge off to have somebody oh, I'm that's not going your advocate without you <laughs> from now on. Yeah, I mean, you know, and that's the other thing is I'm I I work for you like I'm your advocate. Whereas like if you book direct with a cruise line or a hotel or whatever, they're only looking out. The cruise line's always going to look out for the best interest of the cruise line, or the hotel's going to look out for the best interest of the hotel. And you're just one person to them. Like they don't care. Yeah. But you know, I'm always going to look out for your best interest. And if something goes wrong or you know, I feel like something's not right. Like I'm going to call that hotel up and I'm going to make, try you know, try my, like, I mean, gosh, during COVID, I got people refunds back that were not, like they were pushing back, trying not to give people refunds when they should have. And I had to really like pull strings in the industry and be wow. like, no, like this is wrong. Like you need to give this person a refund. And I got refunds back for people that I'm positive they would not have been able to get on their own. Um, you need to work on my Thailand trip that I never got a refund for. Okay, but that was like three years ago. Oh my gosh, that's another story. (laughs) Whole another story. That was pre-COVID. That was because Charlotte was dying and I was like, I can't leave my dog and go to Thailand right now. So oh, sad. that's so hard. Yeah, and I had bought the refund insurance or whatever because I was like, my dog might be dying on this trip. And I was right. So I don't know if I secreted that by accident, but she was. She like died that week. So I didn't go. And then um, I called to get the refund and they were like, uh, you have to pay $300 for us to process the refund. And then you get that refunded. I swear to God, Angie. And I was so distraught with Charlotte. I was working with my assistant, Melissa, and I was like, just fucking pay. I don't care. Here's a credit card. Just take care of it. And then she was like, all right, you're going to get a direct deposit. Never got it. Called back a million times. Like, literally, it, I gave up. Because my, oh my dog God, was dead. That's I criminal. Deal with, I couldn't deal with anything else, you know? Yeah. See, that's where if you had an agent that, you exactly. know, like I would have taken that off your plate. Yeah. So next time, mm-hmm. I'll have you. All right, yeah. Angie. Well, thank you so much. Okay. Awaybug. Awaybug Travel. Awaybug.com. Your email address. 
It's just Angie at awaybug.com. A-N-G-I-E at awaybug.com. And on awaybug.com, the website, there's all my contact information is on there too. Okay. And you can set up your 30-minute consultation. Thank you so much for being here. This was so fun. I know. It's so great to hang out with you in person. Yes. Okay. Let's go get some more wine. Okay. Sounds good. Food Heals Nation, I truly hope you enjoyed my interview with Angie. I had so much fun. Thank you so much for allowing me to have her on the show. She is one of my people, and you know who your people are. And when you have the chance to bring them, bring their voices to light, it really is just such a joy and an honor. So I appreciate you. I appreciate Angie. And I want to talk for a second about your goals in 2022. If you're looking for a sign that it's time to change things in 2022, this is it. This is your sign. There are 23 days left of 2021. Are you going to spend the next year dreaming or doing? Do you lie awake every night knowing there's something better out there for you? I did. Sometimes I still do. That's why I created Food Heals You. I swear I did not plan that rhyme. Okay, forgive me. It used to be called the Rise Mastermind. I've run it for years, and this year we are expanding. So the Rise Mastermind has been an amazing part of my journey, of my business that I created because I was like trying to help other people find their voice, use their voice authentically, and get paid for it, and have no shame in it, and you know overcome that imposter syndrome that I was talking about in the bonus series, if you were able to listen to that. But yeah, I would love to have you as a member of Food Heals You in 2022. It's a high vibe monthly wellness business mastermind and it's a university. So you can go online anytime, access all of the courses and we have monthly Zoom trainings on Wednesdays. It's for wellness entrepreneurs who want to build wellness empires. And Food Heals You, it was born by accident. It started as a mastermind, which turned into an online university and training program and ongoing monthly mastermind coaching as well. But it was by accident because, okay, so I created the Food Heals podcast, as you know, because you're listening. Thank you. And the Food Heals podcast led me to all kinds of crazy things I never could have imagined. It led me to speaking on stages, not only in the US, but multiple countries in Europe. It led me to writing my book, Food Heals. It led me to having coaching clients. It led me to create online courses. It led me to all these sources of passive income, like sponsorship. It led me to things that I never could have dreamed of before I had started the show. And so when I started Food Heals, I was worried that everyone was going to ask me questions like I was a nutritionist, like, hey girl, what time should I take this probiotic and how do I veganize this meal? Which I may know the answers to, but I don't consider myself the expert on. But instead, most of y'all were like, Allie, How do I start a successful podcast? How do I write and self-publish a book and make it number one on Amazon? How do I get free press passes to events and walk on red carpets? How do I get to speak at all these conferences? And so that's when the mastermind was born because I was like, oh, this I can teach. This is marketing. This is It comes easily to me and I enjoy it and I love it. And so it started as a mastermind at my house, which led to a couple of shorter, quick masterminds from weeks to months. And now it is a yearly mastermind. And this year in 2022, I have added the U, the Food Heals University. And so what that means is not only will we have a monthly mastermind with like-minded individuals who are all trying to grow 
amazing, expansive wellness businesses, but we will also have the online university so you can learn at your own pace and learn everything step-by-step you need to know about how to build your wellness business. So if that sounds good to you, Head on over to foodhealsu.com. That's foodhealsu.com capital U.com, or lowercase u. It doesn't matter, just not Y-O-U. Foodhealsu.com and sign up. And of course, if you're not sure yet and you want to see if it's a fit, just hit me up, DM me on Instagram at TV, or email me at info at foodhealsnation.com. We'll jump on a 20-minute call and see if it is a match for your goals. So I would love to have you in Food Heals U. It is the most amazingly supportive community I've ever been a part of. Of, and I'm so grateful for it because just like I get to hang out with Angie and someone like-minded who understands my holistic endeavors and running my own business because she does as well, it's like when you surround yourself with people who get it, who understand, okay, guess what? I'm plant-based or I'm holistic or I'm building a business or I'm starting a podcast, I'm starting a video series and they don't laugh in your face or judge you. That's the best feeling. And so that's really why this was originally created. So we could surround ourselves with like-minded people all trying to build something in the wellness world. And now it has just morphed into something greater than I ever could have imagined. So I would love to see you over in Food Heals You. Hit me up if you have any questions. Food Heals You. All right, cheers to your health and your wealth. See you next time, Food Heals Nation. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put down the Ben and Jerry's, get off the couch, and take a walk outside. If you experience any of these symptoms, tell your Facebook friends immediately.